The MTG Podcast is a virtual space for women and men in the tech and creative industries. Tune in as we put it all on the table, sharing authentic life truths as we sustain and empower each other in search of our tribe. We're more than a designer. We're more than our name badge. We're more than the work we produce. Welcome to the More Than Graphics Podcast. We're We're that that tribe. We are totally excited (laughs) um, about this episode. I'm so excited. Blaze. Okay, so we talked a little bit earlier about this topic, a little bit, you and I, Cicely, because we talk about it being warm, the elements of fire, the elements of change. I feel like fire just ignites this level of, you know, death and rebirth, this kind of, you know, fiery spirit, if you will. And man, do we have one badass woman for that today. Cicely, I'll just touch base with you. How you doing? Like, it's been a little, been only a little while since we've chatted. I'm good. But um, like, as you were talking about the fire thing, it made me think of like Leo season and stepping into like Here that big go. Leo energy. <laughs> so I think like Blaze now reminds me of that. I have several friends that are Leo. I'm actually um, the daughter of two Leo parents. So a lot of Leo energy in my life. <laughs> oh, mercy. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to be real honest. Like the first time that I heard, like I hear Blaze, Blaze, honestly, I'm in mom mode. So I'm like, Blaze in the Nick Jr. show, it's Blaze. Like, you're bad. <laughs> so um, that's kind of where my head is usually with Blaze. And then the next phase is like the Beyonce, like, fire, you know, who's who runs yes. the world, like, girls sort of feel. Um, intro to Daenerys Targaryen, all the things, Game of Thrones, yes. killing all the flames, <laughs> torches, and the speed. I want all the things. The fiery female energy is what you're, you're feeling. You. <laughs> I mean, I've got my little replica egg sitting right here every Easter on the mantle. I am not playing. Um, I love play. it. We like we're hardcore house Targaryen. So, um, and speaking of which, like that's actually probably coming out really soon. <laughs> I know House of the Dragon. We're excited. <laughs> no joke. I got my Khaleesi mug. I'm ready. Um, I think. <laughs> I think it's just really cool that we, as we talk about more about Blaze, how we can apply that, right, to this life that we're living right now, to whether we're a woman in tech, whether we're women creatives, there's a way for us to trailblaze our own way and forge our own paths. Ooh, it gives me goosebumps just to even say it. Lord, mm -mm. Okay, so... He's going to church again. (laughs) Well, okay. So I think it's really cool that we have an amazing guest who also speaks so true to that path of forging your own way. And ladies, let me tell you, it's on fire. So Blaze Hunter is breaking barriers with her consulting agency, Blaze the Trail, Inc. Known as the modern-day superhero heroine, she contends for women to own their super identity. Blaze is an author, multi-award-winning humanitarian, international speaker, fertility expert, certified human rights advocate, mother of purpose and breaker of chains. She is the fertility expert that doesn't help get people pregnant. Rather, Blaze inspires others to be fertile in their lives and birth their purpose, dreams, voices, books, and brands. Her mission is to empower women to draw their swords and breathe fire on this world. Welcome, Blaze. Hello. Ooh, that intro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I said. Every time I'm like, woo. Fiery. I like it. <laughs> From the mountains. I love it. I just think it's so cool that we get to, one, get to, one, we get to know you and we get to talk to you because I think that's really cool. As people may or may not know, like I'm super fangirling at this moment because every time 
that I see more info about Blaze, I am literally like, oh, this is so mean. Oh, she's speaking my love language. <laughs> oh, get out of my brain. Um, so I just love the fact that you embody so many fiery characteristics of things that I am very passionate about. Yeah, this is amazing. And your topics, Blaze, it just fits. Yeah, completely. <laughs> and to- totally does. Okay, so I have to jump in and ask this question. What does Blaze, how does Blaze resonate with you? And don't just tell me your name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is my name. So it obviously is part of my identity, the fire, the burn. I'm a Leo you know, go figure, right? I'm the passionate, I'm the extremist. I'm always been nicknamed the spark plug or the fire starter. That's been my entire life is somebody with life. So when I think of blaze, I think of movement. I think of contagious, infectious spirit. And I think we live in a world stuck in mediocrity with no blaze, with no heat, with no passion. And so I resonate with that because we need that in our lives to fulfill our purpose. We need to ignite the fire again and just fan the flames of the hearts of people and get on fire. And so that's part of my whole life, my identity, my name, my purpose with my mission is to ignite that fire again. And let's join arms and breathe fire together where we have a fire outbreak. Woo! I know everybody's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You're visually seeing us like literally we're like somewhere between emotionally vomiting and like, this is it. This is the truth. Um, yes. Like this is the thing. I love this energy. I feel like a lot of times we lose that momentum, especially mm-hmm. going from the new year into spring and spring into summer. And it's kind of really funny how, even on a um, on a physical aspect, a lot of times women in the summer, we just feel generically like in this amazing radiant sun, vitamin D burst moment. So when the when the sun comes in and the light is on us, now I understand in some parts of the world that is not the case. Um, but in most cases, I'm going to say that when that sun comes in and we're feeling that light, it ignites us. It warms our mm-hmm. heart, our soul, our minds. When we're with other like-minded people, that also kind of gives us that sense of um, kinetic energy that we're that technically sometimes we feel like was at a lower point, but now is like whoosh because we have that connection with other people. Um, yeah, Blaze, this is amazing. Like, I absolutely love what you do. Oh, well, thank you so much. I think that you're right. We have these bursts of flames, of, of fire, passion, of heat, of love. And like we channel that in your spirit. But then, you know, seasons change and not just seasons in the weather, seasons of our life where we go through a dry season, a winter season, and it it dulls our flame, right? And we we go through the flames of life and the challenges of life and it kind of puts out our fire. The fire puts out our fire inside. And so that's what I want to help people is like you lean into the flame and you turn the flames of life and forge yourself in the fire because forging yourself in the flames, that's how iron and swords get built is being put into the flames, be pounded, and then taken out and be pounded again, feel the flame and be molded that whenever you face the things of life, you can cut through that because you're iron, you are forged in the fire, right? So we need to be able to learn how to shift the flames of life into our own personal flame power. 
I have goosebumps. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so me. Like, I need to do this right now. Um, there's so much to unpack with that. I mean, I'm sure, and Cicely's right now taking notes, just so everyone knows. So that's a really big part of our our podcast is not only embracing the things that you are saying, but also mm-hmm. taking note of the things that resonate with us so that we can share that with more women, um, your message, your light, your spark, your fire to ignite their own. And so it is so cool when I hear, um, hear other women talk about, I can be a light to somebody else. When I hear this, um, seasons of life, Golly gee whiz, yes. We go through all these different seasons, whether we're at work, whether it's personal, whether it's just something um, just triggering us in other areas, um, triggered by our environment, things along those lines. You know, how do we shine brighter in those situations? How can we forge a path for ourselves so that we're not only self-preserving ourselves in some areas, but also igniting and encouraging ourselves to step out and do amazing things? I'm so inspired by that. Thank you. I don't want to add on to that, like additional question. When we talk about, you know, things that resonate with us in your personal journey, how is um, forging a path or what new things are you trailblazing on? Yeah, I think it all is encompassing. It starts with a spark, right? It starts with a spark. And I went through my entire life not, not having an internal spark. I had an external spark that people gravitated towards. And then I used that as a mask. I used that as a a validation and an approval because I could do it on the outside and I could be a doer and I could get approval from my doing because I was naturally able to create a spark, but I had nothing actually fueling it within. And so I was always trying to get approval of the fire from my doingness, not from my simple beingness. And so women, we have this amazing capability to meld fire and water, our fluidness with the passion and the creativity. And you don't get to pick one or the other. It's the magical combination of the two. And so with me, I, I went my whole life hating myself. I didn't feel worthy and didn't feel validated. I didn't have an internal voice So I chose a profession of radio broadcasting to project my voice in my profession because I couldn't do it personally. And I had a daughter and I looked at her one day when she was three years old and I thought, how am I going to get her to be, you know, confident and this brilliant person that's not having eating disorders at 12 years old, who's going to love yourself and know that she's perfection and she's going to breathe fire in this world. Like, that's what I want as a mama bear, right? And then I'm having this moment where it's like, oh my God, how can she do it when her mama isn't practicing what she preaches? And so I had this big epiphany at 33 years old that I need to start breathing fire because I haven't done it my whole entire life. And so I faced the mirror for the first time in my life. I unmasked myself. I became unvulnerable. I keep vulnerable and I looked at all of my flaws and I looked at my strengths and I decided to face that fire and, and the fear of all of that and allow myself to become the fire, allow myself to rise through the ashes and become the hero of my life by not ignoring the flames, but by channeling them and then breathing the flames out. So that's kind of how that all happened. And then I wrote my book, Heroin, Embrace Your Flaws, Embrace Your Awesome. 
It was never supposed to be a business. It was never supposed to be my purpose. <laughs> it was a healing tool to love myself, to heal from a very rare disease that I'm still battling for the last 17 years. I had three miscarriages because of it. And so all of those things, those flames and those seasons made me feel like I was barren and that I had no more flame and I had no purpose. But actually your pain is your purpose. So all of those pains and flames became the fuel for me to breathe fire and Blaze the Trail Inc. was born from writing my book. And from there, I created a nonprofit agency called Footprints Infertility and Pregnancy Loss Support Initiative, which is changing the healthcare system one hospital at a time, which is helping men and women heal through the loss of miscarriages and stillbirths and infertility and knowing they are not barren. And we are mothers of purpose and fathers of destiny. And that is what I do and set this world ablaze. <laughs> I know, right? Give someone, give her this damn Oscar. Like somebody, somebody come out the crowd. It's, um, I just feel like this is so magical. It is magical because one, we don't often speak that fire into ourselves. Usually we are spurning someone else's great. Yes. And I feel like that is so important that you have found a way to not only, not only look into the, the eyes of your child, which I completely relate. I think it's so important that when we talk about putting that perspective into the into a child's like mind, one, and that also using that same fuel and in, inducting that into ourselves and saying, no, I have that too. I can actually step out and do this as well. Not only am I going to give it away, I'm going to fill myself up and then I'm going to continue to help the next person behind me. That may be our child, that may be our neighbor, our niece, a loved one. I just think that's so important that you have said that specifically that I did it, for, I could do it for my daughter, but I want to do it for me too. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of us as women forget that part that, you know, we're always over in a sense of producing for others, performing for others. And we forget that we have that magic in us all along and we're willingly giving that sometimes away when we don't have to, or sparing some more for ourselves instead of emptying ourselves in other ways. So we can't produce that fire. Um, I absolutely love this conversation. This is like one of my favorite ones today. Like we're just in here typing away back here, like the, like Kermit <laughs> the Frog. Like it's definitely, it's definitely going down. I know Cicely, you have several questions, but I kind of want to um, go back to this nonprofit because I think that's so important. We relate to that on so many levels. Me as a mom who has had multiple miscarriages mm -hmm. and stillborn children, I understand what that look what that looks like, how that feels to go through one season and be thrown to the next one, and then think that the next season is going to be better, but then something else happens, you know. And it's one of those things where you have to really reevaluate how you want to ignite yourself in those seasons. But I love the imagery that you just immediately put out about this ebb and flow of, of water and fire and how they intertwine so well if we choose to use our elements wisely. And I absolutely am just empowered by that. And I think it's just absolutely wonderful that you have created an organization that acknowledges that, celebrates that, 
and then also advocates in those areas where people do feel like there is no more fire in me. If you can, um, would you mind to kind of share with people a little bit more about the nonprofit just so that people who are out there would like to know more? Absolutely. I went through three miscarriages basically within two years and they were very traumatic and even only five years ago, it's still very taboo. Like I had this miscarriage and I felt immediately to blame. I blamed myself and I was full of shame and I didn't speak of it and I held it so close and it just, it was an internal torture chamber. And how do you navigate grief and think clearly when you're going through that kind of torture? You don't have anyone helping you guide you through that because there really isn't a lot of systems. There's no conversations about it. You're handed a very cold, photocopied a thousand times piece of paper of what to do in an emergency when you bleed out and and you're sent on your way. And I'm not blaming doctors or healthcare system, but they do triage. They're there for medical. But there's a disconnect that it's not just a medical issue. It's also an emotional and mental health one. And, and for a woman, whether you've gone through it, this is your first time or your fourth time, it is a severe trauma and you don't know how to reconcile that within. And so when you're given this cold piece of paper, your first thought is like, that is what my baby's life is worth. This really impersonal cold piece of paper. And now I've got to do a walk of shame through this clinic or the hospital And I was pregnant when I entered the room and I'm no longer with child as I leave. And so it's just a very big disconnect of people understanding we need empathy in that moment. And so that's why I'm just starting a conversation. So I wrote my book and I was incredibly raw about it, like so raw that I had never told even my husband some of those feelings. And it was a way of cathartic healing to let it out. And I thought really I was the only one feeling this way. And it turns out the moment people read it, they were like, oh, me too, me too. It was like its own version of me too, where it was like, I've had miscarriages, I've had this. Oh my God, you too? It wasn't just me, right? It wasn't just me overreacting, being too sensitive in the hospital. Like, actually, this is a common problem, right? So it created a solidarity from breaking my silence. And from there, I realized, okay, there's a need. It's not just me or you. There's really a lot of things that are happening and gaps in the system that we can bridge if we're just brave enough to speak about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to ask my OBGYN. And I said, you've been through this with me. Is this, I'm thinking of starting a support initiative because I really struggled. And he was like, absolutely. And I'll help you. So he was such a good advocate. He got me in a room with other doctors. And and from there, it just kind of snowballed into acceptance of the community and of a program. So it's a two-part mission footprint. I did like support group meetings once a month at a crisis center up until the pandemic. Now it's basically online and it's grown worldwide. So we keep it open to the world. And also with the funding that I got, I create handmade support bags um, because it's no longer just that cold piece of paper. I know nothing can take that sting of loss away, but I can inject some empathy of what I would want in that moment. It's just some loving care and saying, hey, I see you 
and your baby counts. Your baby counts. Because if you if you have a miscarriage, you don't even get a certification of life or death. Like a stillborn, they treat it a little bit more with some empathy. You do get a certificate of death, but up until even if it's eight months old, you don't get that it's considered a late pregnancy miscarriage, basically. And so I include in the support bag a certificate of life because I want to make your baby count. And they get a copy of my book. They get information for men and women. Men grieve too. There is zero support groups and support initiatives for men. My husband grieved so hard and wanted to be the pillar of strength for me. He had no outlet to put his grief. So I make sure we have support systems for men. Um, I hand make a bracelet with footprints on it. So you can hold that in honor of your baby. And it's just a lot of mental health resource, resource tools to go to and learn how to navigate and find support and find ways to coexist with the pain and know that you are not barren. We are still fertile and we can birth peace amongst our pain and we can birth things amongst our life, even amongst a barren season as we're going along this infertility journey. So that's what I do with this. And it's grown in the last four years where I send these bags out worldwide. We erected a standing memorial so people can go and honor their babies. We had a big ceremony where I spray painted um, large footprints logos. It's like two footprints making a heart. And in the community I was in, we, we track the numbers. It's roughly 100 miscarriages or stillbirths in a year in this tiny community. So we spray painted 100 footprints on the path. And so it gave this visual aspect. And it was so surreal because when you think about it, you don't get the visual of 100 babies, right? And when it's just you or somebody you know, it's just one or two. But when you see a hundred, that's the impact families are having. And then people wrote on their footprints of the date of their death of their baby, or the people that are grieving the dream they've never been able to birth. And they're having, you know, future baby, whatever. And they, they stamped it and owned it and honored their baby. And it was just so amazing to see a community coming together and saying, hey, we see you and we honor your baby. It, it was so, it's been so healing for me and that's why I continued now. That is so powerful. Like, I just can't even. <laughs> like, Daniel, sit down. <laughs> like, like, that That was it. That was show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was absolutely amazing. And and I'm so, and again, very, very, I'm thankful. One, if somebody has not thanked you enough, like, thank you. Because these are spaces that I, I can attest to that. Because I definitely have gone through those things. I have felt those feelings. I have been in those deserts. And I've been in those valleys. And I know what that feels like. So, for women out there who have experienced experience anything along those lines just know there's a place out there that you can literally be uh just like blazes that's me too like you can literally just stand in those footsteps and understand me too like that's just the unspoken acknowledgement and the visual um the visuals that you shared like that is so transformational for so many people who do not understand like that level of loss or that level of um uh, just embracing other people in that community in the same footsteps. It is. It's confusing to you because you're like, oh, I was only a few weeks or was only you try and you try and tell yourself not to grieve that hard. Right. So you're trying to get yourself out of it. But it's like you you lost something and you can't even explain it. It was inside mm -hmm. of you. You saw the heartbeat. 
you were a mama the moment that stick turned, right? Like whatever feel like logistically headwise that you're thinking logically, it doesn't matter. It's like you, you're grieving a very hard loss. And then there's so much silence around it that you don't know how to even verbalize it. And even with my first one, I was like, Oh yeah, 25% of the time it happens, but that happens to other people. That doesn't happen to me. And so when it happened to you, it's like this huge shock because you think that only happens to others, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like allowing yourself to have a voice, to blaze the trail and forge a new path of just honesty and vulnerability around it. Why is it such a hush veil that we're not supposed to talk about it's no shame. Like it's just a reality and a fact. And I'm just open about it and creating that safe space for women to be like, Hey, I acknowledge that. And I've been through that. And people that have had it 25 years ago were like, I never dealt with it. And now you're creating a space for me to actually, you know, look back and reconcile that grief that I kind of dug deep and never dealt with. Right. This is how you've blazed the path. (laughs) You know, this is how you trailblaze your path, but also a path for so many others. And so I feel like in some ways also, as you define that path for for yourself, um, this legacy that you're leaving behind Mm -hmm. for other people behind you. We always talk about that baton passing. And so, you know, what does that look like on a realistic, you know, scale? This is a level of pass the baton. So I just want to make sure that um, people see this as an example. It doesn't have to be specifically about this particular topic. It could be anything, something in tech, something creatively. But this this is a great example of taking that that power and that passion and that fire and fueling it to something that's going to affect generations to come. So I just think that is so admirable. Oh, my gosh. Fangirling, like not going to cry. But this is like... (laughs) Oh, the feels, the tinglings, I'm getting them all. So I actually want to cry, but I won't. But (laughs) like coming from the other side of it. So never having personally gone through a miscarriage, but seeing it as a nurse, like I tell people all the time, like my first births that I've ever seen, I cried. Like I cry about everything. So I'm just a very empathetic and I'm very in tune with other people's emotions as well. So the first time I had a patient who was going through a miscarriage, I cried about it with the patient. Like we cried together. And um, like she was another person who had recurrent miscarriages. And it was one of those things. She's like, you know, I just don't know why, like what's wrong with me. And then it was one of those things where I was like, absolutely nothing is wrong with you. I was like, you know, this is, we, I don't have a reason for why this is happening. Cause medically for her, there was nothing that the doctor could come up with. And um, she, I believe she had one um, baby at that point, but then had been trying and, you know, multiple miscarriages in between. And she's just like, you know, I just want to be able to bring life you know, to the world again. And it was just the saddest thing to me. And, you know, again, it can be very sterile. Luckily, I worked with amazing OBs who were nothing like that. Like, you know, they could have 10 other patients waiting and they're going to take the time that it took to be with patients. But that was always one of the hardest things for me personally as a nurse in the outpatient setting and inpatient setting. You know, we've had losses of all sorts, varying ranges. And again, it's that same thing where you you said it perfectly, like that people who are kind of like, well, if I was only five weeks and I hate it when people say that because I'm like, no, it's not only five. like that was your baby. Like this is a baby that, you know, that you were so excited for because, you know, they come in, they're like, oh, you know, I got my positive pregnancy. You know, it's all happy. And I'm like, don't say it was just this. And, you know, well, you know, they didn't have a heart or they had a heartbeat, but they, no, like I tell people that is your baby. Like, I don't care what stage of life that you are 
in, you were carrying a living being inside of you. That was your baby. So like when you said that, I was like, oh, I hate that. Because that, that would make me cry too. Like everything makes me cry. <laughs> that would be one of the things where I'd be like, please don't say, you know, like you are allowed to grieve. I know that like, it's one of those things that we can't talk about. Like, you know, it's not dinner table talk, but you definitely had a loss. Like anytime you want something, anytime it does not happen and come to fruition for you, that is a loss of any sort, whether that be a child, whether that be a relationship, like there, you know, it applies to every single thing. So I always tell people don't downplay your loss because that's not allowing you the space to grieve and the space to really deal with your emotions. So I'm very much a proponent of we have to take things, you know, face them head on, do exactly like you said, like make sure we deal with that, go through the motions and understand and grieve because just because you were only this far along or only this, only that, that's, you know, that doesn't excuse the fact that you're feeling how you feel. So that was one of the things that I love that you said that. And I'm like, yes, it can be very sterile. It's a very like sterile situation. Sometimes, well, sorry, this is what's going on, ma'am. Here's this paper, call us if you need us. And that's kind of where yeah. it usually stops. And like you said, they kind of, they don't kick you out the door, but it's just, they kind of leave you to your own devices after that. And, you know, come back and see me with any problems or come back and see me with your next positive test. And then you're kind of left with your husband or partner to pick up the pieces. So I love that you said that. And like I said, I was getting all misty eyed. I was like, oh God, she's going to keep talking about it. <laughs> I just want to share like a really brief, like memory of, of some of the aftercare that I received from um, one of my miscarriages. It was a male doctor. He was super nice and empathetic. He asked me in the follow-up appointment after um, my, my DNC, he literally asked right after that, like, I need you to know this is not your fault. Like that's the first thing that he said to me. This is an old. Is, I'm gonna be real honest. This is an old white male. I was not expecting that from him at all. But because of I know his experience and probably his education <laughs> and some good old common knowledge, <laughs> um, maybe that was uh, some common sense there that he understood. Yeah. Like I need you to. I, I understood what he was saying, but he said, no, 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 repeat it back to me. This is not my fault. And I think that was the first time really that I started to really resonate with the idea of the care after, you know, the uphill climb after. And that's what kind of opened the door for me to better pass it, pass on to the next level of grief. Um, A little bit more easier than previous. Right. But I think it's one of those situations where when someone can at least open that door, even if it's just a little bit of a crack of a conversation that starts the spark to kind of, I can, I can keep going now. I can move forward, but not for, not forget, but just move forward in that process. So I just think that's really powerful that when we have moments like that, hold on to them, grab them, um, kind of embrace the fact that someone else acknowledges that space with you. And then, yeah, exactly. Like, and be able to just kind of mo- move on to that next step. But um, for a lot of people still, like you said, it's a very taboo subject. I just wanted to share that one little part because I know I love that. people out there that could resonate with that. Totally. Um, and, you know, I appreciate that because like that's what we need is just these conversations. And absolutely. there's nothing. It's not like, oh, I got to go in a back room and talk about it. It's just it's very like, let's just talk about it. This is a real thing that women and men face. And we need to normalize infertility and loss because it's a real thing we're going through and a real thing we face. And then, you know, people that go through this and then have another baby and then they're celebrated because like, it's like almost like an achievement, your rainbow baby. But for the person that doesn't get the rainbow ever, like I'm still holding on for the hope of a rainbow baby. 
but let's not devalue their fertility, their womanness, the very point of their being, because women for centuries, we've been told that's what the point of our life is to reproduce. So if we don't, therefore, I am not a good woman. I am not getting the job done. So we play that narrative like this is what I'm supposed to do. We're doers, right? That being validated in our doing rather than just being a woman. And so I really want to encourage that conversation with people like and expand that definition of fertility because that's, I was going through that. Like I've had three miscarriages. Yes, I'm a mother, but because it's not my choice, I am therefore barren. I am therefore no longer a good woman. And I had to reconcile all of those feelings of like, am I barren now? Am I just a dried up, worthless, uncreative woman because I couldn't do what I had set out to do? And so I wanted to channel that and be like, I am a mother of purpose. I'm going to expand that definition that even though I can't birth this thing, this baby, I can birth other babies. And so let's, the fluidness of that, like let's change our hard line de, like definition of fertility and birth your passions, birth something within you which leads to my nonprofit, which led to book writing the business and like be fertile in your life and birth creative ideas birth friendships birth being a nurturer to people in your sphere redefine what mother means because you know some people have lost their children you know later in life and they're like I've only had one child I lost my child and no I'm not a mother anymore I'm like you are absolutely a mother go mother this world right and so like it's just really about blazing that trail and forging that path of redefining what fertility means I had a question for you about kind of legacy so um like you're talking a lot about you know things that you're birthing into fruition ideas and relationships so I want to know more about what legacy do you plan to leave behind both for your daughter and for the world? I love that. And, you know, legacy, it's an interesting thing because people get caught up in like, I want to build a legacy and leave it behind. Right. And it's like my legacy is is the fire that I have today, which means it's felt when I leave this world. The passion, the impact, the imprint I got to do it today in order to leave a legacy. So I'm not looking to tomorrow. I'm looking, what am I doing right now? But if I left in five minutes, that it leaves a lasting impact. And that's what it is, is like, I leave a part of that passion and fire as part of whatever interaction I have in the day. That is my legacy. I make sure that I'm alive, right? And so uh, Benjamin Franklin, the biggest, most impactful quote I can ever say is Benjamin Franklin said, most people die at 25 and don't get buried until 75. And he's not talking about physical death. He's talking about emotional death. He's talking about people get stuck in mediocrity and going through the motions at 25 years old, lost in the maze of life, no purpose, no fire. And they just go, get up and go to work, you know, eat, sleep, repeat. That ain't living. That is emotional death. And so my legacy is to wake people up 
is to wake people up from the diet point plan they're on. Because if they're dieting in life, and when the whole world is on a diet, I'm going to tell you, the entire world is on some sort of crazy diet. And when you diet physically, you diet emotionally. And so I'm here to say, do away with the diet point plan. Get hungry. Get passion filled. Get your fire lit again. And then you will be contagious. And and just spread fire all over the world. Can you imagine this world if we got on fire within ourselves? So that's my legacy is to get people hungry and full of fire again. I love that you said that. And I think that is absolutely beautiful. One of the things I always say is like, for me, my legacy is again, not things, not like a house, not a whole bunch of money to leave behind. It's only if I've left the world a better place than when I came into the world, that to me is a legacy. So I want, you know, my child, possibly future children to be like, you know what? My mom left a mark on this world. I want anyone that knew me, I want my legacy to just perpetuate in that way. To just say like, you know, that Sicily girl, a hundred years later, we're still talking about the great things that she contributed to the world. That's what I want. So again, it doesn't have to be, I don't want to leave behind like, oh, you know, she was so rich. She left behind like $500 million in the trust. That does not matter. I want to leave behind that I've actually changed the world and I've made a positive impact. That to me is what my life's purpose is to make sure that I leave some part of the world better than when I found it. And I, I completely resonate with what you said. And you must be an August Leo because that's a whole bunch of fire. That's a whole <laughs> bunch of fire. <laughs> it is. And like, that's what I said, like, you know, I can build these nonprofits. I can build a business. That's not the legacy. The legacy is how I chose to live each day. And I didn't, get knocked down by the flame and say, I give up. I said, I'm going to taste the flame and I'm going to rise through it. And you're going to look back and stand on the ashes of things you've lost, the things that have been taken from me, my three babies, my health, everything that has been taken from me. I stand here and look at me as the phoenix. And that is going to inspire my child that she's going to be gritty and be forged through the flames and be strong and resilient and face that fire and not let the fire take her out. And that's going to be imprinted on everybody that sees me or comes across as me is they're going to be branded by the inspiration to not let the flame get them. Right. Oh, man, I got it. I like I'm having a whole like meltdown over here. This is amazing. Um, I'm just sitting there. I'm nodding my head, but deep down, my heart's just like, girl. <laughs> so <laughs> I absolutely love this conversation. Um, it has absolutely sparked me in all the ways like this will definitely you have left your you have embedded yourself on me. So I definitely want to make sure that I continue to carry that flame um, virtuously throughout the rest of 2022. <laughs> Um, I want to really come back to this idea of the legacy is how I choose. The legacy is how I choose to live my life. That's actually um, the quote that I want to make sure I, I got correct. Um, live my life. And I think it's really important when you specifically say these words, how much that impacts in all the other areas of life by the way that we choose to work with other people, by the way that we choose to put in our body, by the things that we choose to associate with certain things, people, environments, we are leaving a legacy behind us by the way we choose to live. And when you said those words, it just really resonated with me how powerful that can be for women in tech and women creatives who are trying to step out of whatever whatever bubble or to the next level they're trying to achieve. It's not about being stuck or labeled or boxed or filled. It's really about um, this 
fire, breathing fire into yourself so that you can move and, es- and escalate and, and be more of that phoenix, knowing that it's okay to, to kind of cycle again. It is okay to die, give things a death so that you can rebirth other things um, yes. in life. And I, I can totally attest to that, that um, I have come from um, one, uh, one graze of fire into another. <laughs> I have uh, climbed several mountains to get where I am, but it's just really important that um, people really see that as a kind of a metaphorical sense um, that you can actually let things die only to pick up new things that would actually carry you further than the things that were before. So, and you're an entre- whether you're an entrepreneur creative or a woman in tech in the corporate world, I really hope the things that Blaze is, is, is not screaming, but she really is like fire breathing right now. Um, <laughs> fire breathing into each of you. I hope that you're embracing it. You're you're filling the embers like I am. You are embracing that fire and you're realizing, you know what? I can take this and I can take a piece of that and carry that with me. Whether we're walking in, whether we're walking into another fire <laughs> or we're coming out of one, you can take your own piece and interpret that and embed that into yourself to guide you through whatever next steps that you have for yourself. Um, yeah, Blaze, this is just amazing. This is so heartfelt. I really, really receive the things that you are speaking to today. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think we often have these conversations about legacy and it, it kind of shifts to, again, doing rather than just being. And I think that's what I want to hammer in. Your legacy isn't about the money, the the children you birth, nothing like that. Your legacy is literally how you're living. And I want to say of like, we need to get back to that feeling of like, I have a purpose. And that is my legacy. If I can just do one thing in this world, you don't need to go and and cure cancer and do all that. Like, I'm not telling you to do that, to have a legacy. I'm telling you to know thyself. Again, another amazing quote, Benjamin Franklin, and then know thyself. The most profound thing, if we could do that, that is my legacy. If, if, if I leave this earth and someone says, what was Blaze's legacy? She knew herself. And she ran that race and then handed that baton, like you said, to my child, the importance of knowing yourself, owning your worth and breathing fire in your own destiny. Like that is profound legacy right there. Let's stop trying to muddy the waters and complicate things. Just know yourself and contend for that identity because you will impact this world if you truly harness your own identity. I am so about that. And I feel like that is the part that people forget to come up with these elaborate plans and ideas for our life when we're little. And then as we get older, we kind of hit that wall of either echo chambers or resources or um, a a whole plethora of other issues as we as women have faced over these many, many years and being uh, oppressed and being discriminated against and being undervalued and being underpaid, all of these elements that revolve around us and they kind of swirl like this little sphere of you know doubt and fear and it controls us in a lot of ways and so I love the fact that you continue to advocate that you can break that with your own fire and you can break those chains with your own fire only if you allow it though you know and in order to um, really step out 
we have yeah. to kind of break our own, break our own chains, <laughs> your do. own break room chains. Or it may be like the chains of what you think you should be doing or how you should be navigating through this, like break those chains of shoulds. I hate the word should, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, you know, because I'm a fire breather with the cape and the sword, people are like, well, I can't be a warrior all the time, Blaze. I can't breathe fire every day. And I say, absolutely, you can. You breathe fire when you rest. Mm-hmm. You breathe fire when you grieve. You breathe yeah. fire when you're going through insurmountable challenges. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to breathe fire in this. It doesn't mean you're like the, the freaking heroin warrior all day long. It means I'm going to breathe fire in this emotion, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. And even though I go weeks where I'm down on the couch with this illness, that doesn't mean I've lost my warrior. It doesn't mean I've lost fire it means i'm going to concentrate the fire on healing and concentrate the fire on rest going to concentrate the fire on peace and mental health and that's still breathing fire it just looks different fire takes on many forms Mm -hmm. and that's probably going to be a mantra for myself for a little while thanks everybody for coming (laughs) to this almost ted talk i absolutely love this idea that just because i'm not just because the lion looks like he's sleeping doesn't mean he's not roaring right we come back to that type of philosophy um just because it doesn't look a certain way doesn't mean that it is that way Mm -hmm. as you mentioned fire takes on many different shapes and forms um sometimes the best wisdom uh, for many of us as women is to literally just take in and take intake and not necessarily breathe out or spit it back out, but also exactly. take that in and, you know, re- reevaluate and relook at some of that and then have the wisdom and the, and the discernment to decide what you want to do with that knowledge. A lot yeah. of times we talk about, well, me as mom, uh, I always tell my kids like, you know, it's not, I'm not, acting out in other ways i'm just reacting to what you're dishing mm-hmm. at me so i have to remind myself that even as, as a woman you know out in the world um you know i'm a i don't want to constantly react to things that are being thrown at me i want to be ahead of that so yeah. i have to decide you know what emotions i want to react to i get to decide what kind of decisions i want to make or not make i decide when i want to rest i decide when i want to move or when i want to be still and so coming out of that type of mentality of reacting can be a little bit of, um, you know, a process for people out there. But I just want to resonate with you again, um, Blaze, multiple times that just because we're not doing it doesn't mean it can't be done. Just because we haven't done it yet doesn't mean it's not ever going to happen. And so um, I just want to speak that into a lot of other entrepreneurs and women who are in the corporate sectors who feel like my, my next move might not ever come. And that's completely the opposite of what I want to speak into. I want to breathe fire as Blaze is doing right now and speaking that into that. Yes, you can. It is possible. That next step is there. It may not be here today. It may not be here tomorrow, but you can work on navigating those steps so that you can breathe fire into that situation. Oh, absolutely. And, and some fires are supposed to be quick and burn out quick. And some are supposed to be a slow burn that builds and you got to construct that fire. You got to feed that fire. Mm -hmm. And it almost just looks like coals for the longest time. And then five years later, you got flames, right? And so don't ever just look at your situation and compare it or say, I, my fire needs to be this high by this time. Mm-hmm. 
like I said, fire takes on many forms and you can build a fire and just continue to give it oxygen and you'll never know when that finally, you know, lights a blaze and then catches fire, right? And then understanding that part of you that maybe I need to focus on the burn within rather than the external burn and external mm-hmm. catching a blaze, right? Sometimes fire breather and fierce doesn't mean you're always having the right of passage to spew fire, right? Because like I'm feisty, I'm fierce, I'm the Leo. But that's been the challenge is to channel the fire of like, do I really want to send that flame dart out or do I need to like process that and water that down a bit, right? So it's about having that internal responsibility, being your own firefighter of like when to extinguish, when to fuel, Like that's incredible know thyself mentality. That's incredible maturity and wisdom when to fuel the fire, when to douse the fire. Oh, for sure. Um, Thank you so much for bringing up so many excellent points. And like I said, as the child of two very strong fire signs, I mean, like they're Leos who are like deep in Leo season. I'm actually an air sign, which I think is hilarious because, you know, air, oxygen, it stokes the fire. (laughs) So I joke all the time that, you know, I have like a simmer. I'm always simmering, right? (laughs) Like my parents are turned up and I'm always on simmer. (laughs) So I think it's just really awesome. A lot of the analogies that you use and like I said, I we have so many great notes and quotes and just things that we took away from today. Like I couldn't stop typing. That's why I couldn't talk so, sometimes. I'm just like, wait, I gotta remember. And I'm just I like to process things and like that, that's a part of my simmer. But like yeah. I said, I just thank you so much for bringing up so many amazing points. Um, fertility, infertility, loss, women's health. Those are always things that are going to be dear to my heart as a woman, as a nurse whose specialty is women's health. Like they're just things that I love to talk to people about and that I want people, you know. To know that I'm always a person you can talk to like I this is a safe space for you to talk about those things and like yeah. you said we have to process we have to work through things how we will but I always like to let people know that there's help and there's you know you're allowed to grieve you're allowed to feel how you want to feel and that I'm a person you can bounce all those emotions off of and I'll cry with you <laughs> and you know we'll feel all the things and we'll keep blazing our own fire so I really really appreciate you joining us today it was an amazing conversation Oh, it was just such, it's always lovely just to have this really real dialogue and know that like, hey, just because I'm a fire breather doesn't mean I fall, don't fall and sometimes have no fire and then I got to fan my flame again. Come on, be your own cheerleader, be your own, you know, oxygen to your own flame. Like no one else can do it for you. And we rely on so many things to be our vices, to be like, I got to go here and get inspiration and here to get the the oxygen and the fanning of the flame. And you've got to fan it yourself because everybody's going through their own type of things and you can't rely on other people to always be your oxygen. So you've got this, you know, untapped resource where your fire can never be put out. You just got to tap into it. It's there and it's so unique to you and you've got a purpose to birth that and fan that into this world and it's so amazing and we need it. We need your fire. So that's what I want to leave people is like, it's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's about the collective and we need to have fire breathers everywhere we go and then we can really see a world change for the good, right? And I don't want to say you next generation be world changers and earth shakers, but I'm good here with my slow burn and my mediocre pot and my lukewarm self 
you go do it. That's why I had you. You go be the change. No, if I want the change, I got to be the change, right? For people who want to know more about you, find you, all the things, how can they know more about you? I'm fangirling. I just want to know for myself. Thank you so much. Um, Blazehunter.com. Blaze is spelled differently than the fire blaze. It's actually derived from Blaze Pascal. So B-L-A-I-S-E hunter.com. A little side thing of Blaise Pascal. He was a brilliant mathematician, theologist, and he had a vision um, after he fell and he had kind of knocked out and he had a vision of this fire of God, his fire of Moses and fire of God. And it was like, get that built inside of you, the fire of God. And he wrote his vision down and he put it in his jacket no one knew of this vision until he died and they uncovered his jacket and had this vision of Blaise Pascal was just about the passion and about the fire of, of whatever faith or whatever vision and whatever purpose you're on and path you're on. Blaze your own trail. Harness the fire and it, you will be unstoppable. You will be, it just keep going and you become the fire. I told someone that the other day battling cancer and she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the fire of hell. And I'm like, you're going to come through this as the fire, become the fire. And then you just, no matter what you face, you burn the problems, but you become the fire yourself. And it's just such an amazing testament and inspiration that you feel your own champion of your own life you fuel that as the more you step into the flame you become the fire so that's what I want to leave people go to my website blazehunter.com all my information my book my footprints program all the tabs there all my humanitarian work and together we'll breathe fire in this world Woo! couldn't said it better myself thank you so much blaze we will be sharing all of your amazing uh works your website and all your resources additionally on the podcast so just be aware as you're listening to this you can actually go to mtgthepodcast.com and we'll share more of those direct links so you can follow blaze get behind the mission and be a fire starter um i think this is an amazing conversation so again i thank you and i think we're going to move on to the last part of our show which is our flash questionnaire but Cicely will gladly walk you through. So something you've learned in the past year. Something I've learned in the past year. <sighs> How to let go. Ooh, I love that. Um, your favorite vacation or getaway spot? Uh, I'm a travel nut. I got, I got the bug bitten and I love it. But I lived in England for six months prior to the pandemic and England is my home. I, I just, I walked in there and I was like, I belong here. And, and Europe in general is just, it speaks to me. And I, I just like from another lifetime, I, sh- I should have walked through these streets and the history and just feeling history embedded into me. It's something that I completely, it's me. Um, so sweet snacks or savory snacks? Savory, I'm a salty one. <laughs> <laughs> to go with the fire, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Harry Potter or Star Wars? Ooh, Star Wars. Okay. Digital books or physical books? Physical. Always. <laughs> um, if you could go back in time, where would you go and whom would you see? Who would I go? I, I had this... I would actually go back in time when um, Ruth Ginsburg and her story of when 
she was going through college, law school, and her husband had cancer. And I would go back to that moment where her husband and her had the most astounding relationship, partnership, and she burnt the candle at both ends to help him graduate as he's going through cancer. And so her legacy isn't just about what she did for women's rights and the law. It's to show how they were a perfect partnership and he flammed fanned her flame and she fanned his. So like, I would go back to that moment and have that conversation with her of like, how did you harness that partnership? And it was a brilliant testament to, to a, a relationship. And last but not least, the best part of being a grown up. Best part. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I now as a 40 year old woman, the best part is that I get to decide who I am. Absolutely. I love that reply. That's great. I love that. Awesome. You have the power now to, to be know, who you want to right? be, unapologetically. I yeah, I don't need to be who society says. I don't need to be what my faith says. I don't need to be who my parents say, mm-hmm. who my husband says, who my child wants me to be, who whatever those labels and those filters, like I get to decide. It's Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. All the way from the back. I love it. Um, I think this has been such a transformational conversation for so many people. I thank you so much for your wisdom, your words, your fire. All those things have been so uh, magical and motivational to many of us tonight on this podcast. So thank you. Thank you, Blake, so much. Thank you so much for having this platform and allowing this free flowing conversation. It's been really amazing. Thank you so much. And just like that, the episode ends, but the convo has just begun. Thanks for listening to the MDG podcast. We want to hear from you. If you enjoyed our podcast, give it a review on your listening app of choice. Continue to follow our page and look out for bonus content releases throughout the year. This podcast is produced by Octane Design Studios. Until next time.